The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On this special edition of the Busted Open Podcast, myself and Bully Ray look back at the life and career of Blackjack Lanza, who we lost at the age of 86. Also, we'll be joined by Hall of Famer JBL. That's right, John Layfield will join us with stories as well as we look back at the life and career of WWE Hall of Famer, the legendary Blackjack Lanza. Today we start off the show remembering Hall of Famer Black Jack Lanza, who we lost yesterday at the age of 86. Uh, Black Jack Lanza, as I said, a Hall of Famer, tag team wrestler, one of the greats, also a road agent later on in his career with the WWE. And starting his career in 1961 all the way until 1985 before contributing backstage for the WWF slash WWE. And let me welcome in my Hall of Fame uh, partner today, uh, the one and only Bully Ray. And and Bully, yesterday we lost another great one, the legendary Black Jack Lanza. When I heard about the information of Jack passing away, um, my immediate instinct was to pay homage and tribute to him on social media. I picked up my phone three or four times yesterday to try to tweet the right thing, but I could not come up with the right words. And I, and I don't know why this one was so difficult to me. Jack was our road agent for the majority of my WWFE run 
in 99 to 2005. He was out there with us every single night. I probably saw Jack 250 to 275 nights a year. He ran all of the live events, house shows, whatever you want to call them. Every once in a while, it was a different agent. But for the most part, it was Jack Lanza. And he was he was like a father figure in a wrestling sense. He was a man's man. No bullshit kind of guy. There was no um, stroking of your ego. He looked you in the eye. He told you what you did right. He told you what you can do wrong. And he gave you an opportunity to get better every single night. We talked about life. We talked about wrestling. He told us stories. He was just uh, a great, great man to be around. And I know we got JBL coming on in about 10 or 15 minutes to talk about Jack Lanza also. They were extremely close. I mean, JBL having the opportunity to be a blackjack and to, uh, you know, a uh, hang around Jack Lanza even more than I got to. I miss him. Um, I mean, I obviously haven't spoken to him in a long time, but I still will miss him. And I will remember him for uh, being a great, like I said, father figure, mentor, great professional, and just being a straight up guy. Lots of stories about Jack. You know, on the show, we always try to celebrate life and not mourn death. I mean, he lived to 86 years old. I'm sure he had, I know for a fact he had a great life, great wrestling career. Um, from what I know, a very, you know, uh, nice, you know, private life away from the wrestling industry. So God bless Jack Lanza. You definitely be missed. Uh, and anybody who was in the WWF locker room uh, around the Attitude Era, even pre-Attitude Era, will, I'm sure, have nothing but fond memories and great things to say about Jack Lanza. And, and Bully, you're the perfect person to talk uh, about this subject with, is that not everybody who performs at a Hall of Fame level can be a mentor, can teach. You know, that's 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 rare, um, you're, you do that now with the 3d Academy, like you're a hall of famer that, you know, is passing on your skills and your knowledge to another generation, you know, black Jack Lanza from what you're saying, seemed to have that same gift where he performed at the ultimate high level, but yet was able to have the skill to pass on his knowledge to another generation. After every single match, he would pull you on the side and give you just a little something. Why He'd ask you, why did you do this? It wasn't so much with Jack to tell you what you did wrong. It was to ask you why you did something so he could understand your thought process in the ring and then try to help you from there. Because if he could understand what you were thinking, then he could help correct the mistake. And that's definitely something that I learned from Jack and try to pass down to uh, wrestlers that I have trained in the past or continue to train today. 
he was a really great ro- road agent. Like, and if you did something well, he would tell you, great job, excellent. He patted you on the back just as much as he, you know, as he would, you know, tell you what you did wrong or, or slapped you on the wrist. If you showed up, if you showed up late to shows, mm-hmm. he'd give you this look, right? He'd give you this look. He'd, he'd kind of look down at you with the eyes down at the end of the glasses and he would just point to his watch. And that's all he had to do. And the very next day, you didn't want to be late because you didn't want to disrespect Jack because Jack wasn't going to report you for being late that night. He was going to let it slide. But if you're late again the next night and the next night, now he's got to do his job. But that was his way of telling. He's not going to come to you man to man and say, hey, you were late. That wasn't his gig, man. He would just acknowledge the fact that, you know, hey, kid, call time to the arena is 5 o'clock. You know, it's 5.15. Just point out his watch. You, you, you wanted to respect him. You wanted to work harder for him. I remember coming back through the curtain. I never liked smoke blown up my ass, Dave, in matches. Don't tell me what I did right. The crowd told me what I did right. I want to know from a guy that's been there and done it before me what I did wrong. And I'd always go to Jack. Jack, what could I have done better? And he would always tell me. And if there was nothing, he said, you guys did a great job tonight. So with one of my favorite people to work with in the WWE, and other than like a Pat Patterson, might have been my favorite agent slash producer to work with. And also, too, and I'm sure it helped with you, Bully, you know, he was a tag team wrestler. You know, for most of his career, he, you know, he wrestled early on with Bobby Duncan and then later on, with Blackjack Mulligan, the Blackjacks. Uh, and that's that's how I was introduced to Blackjack Lanza. When I started becoming a fan, uh, he was tagging in the AWA uh, with Blackjack Mulligan. So he, he performed at a high level as a tag team wrestler. So I'm sure being able to talk to you as a tag team wrestler probably had a little bit more of a connection with you than a lot of other people on the roster because of that reason. You know, I don't remember actual tag team lessons that went any deeper than shine, heat, comeback, finish, Mm -hmm. and how to tighten up the art of a good structured match. What we were doing with the Hardys at the time and when we were doing with Edge and Christian at the time was much more advanced than Jack would have been doing his day. But at the end of the day, shine, heat, comeback, finish has always been the foundation of any great match. And he would be able to identify a little bit of a problem. Like if you went too long in the shine, like one of the greatest things I learned from Jack was because I like to backload matches, he would always tell me, you don't have to shine so much on the front end. You and Devon don't have to shine. You get it. You, you, your entrance is really strong. Why shine so hard on the front? Why not save it for the back, for the heat, and for the comeback, and for the finish? And he was so right because, as Vince McMahon had taught us, what do people remember? The finish. Yep. So if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna try to blow you up emotionally, if I'm gonna try to make you have a good time, I don't want to really do it on the front end. You might forget the front end, but you'll never forget the finish. 
And and that's the way Jack would help us out. I'm sure Bradshaw, like I said, is going to be able to speak so much more highly of him as a as a friend and a coworker and a mentor and a, as a, as a great mind in the wrestling industry. And this was a WWE lifer. This was a right hand man of Vince McMahon. This is like old guard shit, old Republic. So you know. A big deal for the WWE family to lose Jack Lanza, who at 86 lived a wonderful life. Yeah, and and he's, he spent most of his time in the AWA, but he was like a lot of wrestlers at that time. Bully, he was at Georgia Championship Wrestling. He wrestled in the WWF, but, um, you know, being trained by Vern Gagne, being managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, he gave us a lot of great memories. And like you said, we're going to share some of those memories with another Hall of Famer, JBL, when Bully and I are back right here on Busted Open. Are you ready? This is Renee Paquette, and I've got a new tag team partner, one of the toughest women in MMA, Misha Tate. We're going to take over the radio every Monday on Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. Join me and Renee as we cure the Monday blues by dissecting every major headline happening in the cage, the ring, and everywhere in between. Don't be scared, homie. So listen to Throwing Down with Renee and Misha Mondays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart. Protein Plus and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Somebody else who was very close to Blackjack Lanza, another Hall of Famer who joins us now, and that's JBL. John Layfield. Mr. Layfield, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. Dave, it's great to be part of your show today, and it's always great seeing my friend Bubba. John, thank you very much for coming on. I was just, you know, speaking about Jack Lanza when the show started, um, paying him the highest respect and regard I possibly could. And I knew him for six years, but I knew, I know you knew him so much longer. What what did Jack Lanza mean to you and, and, you know, in, in your career in the wrestling business? You know, Jack was an amazing guy, Bubba, as you know. I, I've never seen anybody say anything bad about Jack. You know, everybody, you look at the, all of the people that are putting out tweets and stuff about Jack from all different walks of, you know, from every different ideology, everything. They all say Jack was a mentor and a friend. I mean, there was just nobody that said anything bad about Jack. You know, Jack was a real tough guy. He was a man's man. But he had a way of dealing with every single person on the roster where literally he was everybody's friend and mentor. It was an incredible uh, person. He was the right person for Vince McMahon to have in that position. Probably the most important person in the company other than Vince McMahon was Jack Lanza. You know, we were talking about earlier that not everybody who can perform at a Hall of Fame level can be a mentor, can be a teacher. Uh, he seemed as as great as he was in the ring, John, 
probably even better outside the ring being able to be uh, a teacher to a lot of the younger wrestlers and another generation of wrestlers. Yeah, it's a real talent, Dave. It's and you're right. You know, great players don't always make great coaches. You know, it's just it's a unique thing in people that make great coaches, irrespective of their talent in the sport itself. And Jack was one of those guys. He never overproduced anything. It was just always, hey, let me have a talk with you. And he would fit, give you an idea. And it was always, hey, why don't you try something like this? And then you would think about it yourself and you would come back with it. And then you would tell Jack, OK, I think that works. Let me try this. And then Jack would give you the green light to go ahead and try it. It was just a really unique way Jack had of mentoring people and bringing up especially young talent. And John, when you talk about Jack being the right guy for the job, you know, the boys in our locker room back, de- back then, it's like, you know, it, it was like a cage full of lions and you need that one, you know, lion tamer to be able to control everybody. And Jack had such a great control and grasp of the locker room i was telling dave earlier that you you didn't want to show up late you didn't want to do the right thing by jack because you appreciated him so much and you wanted to show him the proper respect and if you showed up late he would just kind of look at his watch point down at his watch and that's all he had to do and you knew that you didn't want to make jack mad yeah you wanted jack's approval everybody did you know it's a unique thing you know vince mcmahon is like that as well you know people that that work with vince you know they they talk about the times that vince pulled him aside and said hey that was a really good job you know how much it meant to him jack was very much the same way it's just something that i think you're born with that ability to be able to handle that and you're right man we had the warrior we had piper we had the road warriors we had all the clicks the bsk jack could handle everybody incredibly easily and remember during that time you know it was the wild west in these arenas so you had jack lanza who was running the the arena show and you had tim white who was running the payroll because you know every arena had almost two sets of books you had your cash books then you had the books that you would show the wwe for the split those two guys took care of vince mcmahon incredibly and Remember, you know, Bubba, you know this very well. The report that goes back to Vince McMahon, that is the eyes and ears, and that's the only eyes and ears he has. So he has to know 100% that he's getting a report that's unbiased, that doesn't favor one person or another, and that all comes from Jack because, you know, it's not like a season where you put 13 shows together and and you're stuck in, in what you're doing. We have four to five live events every single week. We know what's working, but we know what isn't. And Jack Lanza was the one that was the eyes and ears events. You know, Bully talks a lot about here on Busted Open about the learning tree. Um, and obviously, Black Jack Lanza learned a lot from Vern Gagne. And then Black Jack Lanza was able to take that knowledge and pass it on to another generation. Do you kind of need that learning tree in a lot of ways when it comes to pro wrestling? be able to get that knowledge from somebody who's been there and done it to do it the correct way. Yeah. You know, when I, when I came to WWE, I was like everybody else that came to WWE for the most part, you know, you occasionally had a, a guy like a, like a Lex Luger or something who kind of just came in on top and, uh, you know, didn't have to go through, you know, what a lot of us had to go through, uh, you know, through the territory system. But then when you get to the big show, it's overwhelming and it, it engulfs you. You know, I'd worked in Europe uh, for two years 
working in carnivals and, and f festivals all over, you know, Austria and Germany. I get the WWE and all of a sudden I see Shawn Michaels repel from the ceiling in the Anaheim Pond in the 60-minute Ironman match in WrestleMania. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't belong in this business. And if I do, I don't belong here. Jack was the liaison that would bring guys in like me and would help them, that learning tree, get to be part of that system where it didn't overwhelm you. John, I know you were very close with Jack Lanza. When was the last time that you were able to speak with him? Yeah, Jack was, you know, like a lot of people, he was like a father figure to me. And I was once a black Jack, uh, and Jack gave me his blessing. And, and in fact, I pulled him aside. I wouldn't have done it if Jack hadn't gave me the, the blessing. And he told me, he said, I'm honored that you're going to be the one carrying on the legacy, which meant the world to me. And I've been uh, really tight with Jack over all the years, uh, he and I and Bob Holiday and Gerald Briscoe, Bob Holiday was a promoter up in Winnipeg, a, a great sports writer up in Winnipeg. Uh, Ken Patera were on a, a chain that Bob would keep us updated almost monthly, sometimes more so. You know, Jack had dementia later in life, and he would always give us an update about how Jack's doing. And I think about a year ago, he told me, he said, Jack's having a good spell right now. So I gave Jack a call and talked to him, and it was just as pleasant as it could be. It was just uh, the old Jack. You know, it's all he wanted to just talk about me, talk about some, you know, Jack was very giving. He didn't want to talk about you, and he wanted to tell some old stories and just have some fun. Uh, when you look back at, at his career, and I'm sure you watched a lot of him because he did – Mostly, most of his work was in the AWA, but he did travel around to other territories as well. Um, did you, t you know, and you being a blackjack yourself, did you take some of his style later on in your career? Yeah, I did. He, he really helped me a lot. When I first came in, I was a bit lost. And when I became, especially became a blackjack, Jack did our vignettes for us. He did a bunch of them. They kind of put them all together and made it into one vignette. Barry and I really tried to talk Jack and Vince did too to being our manager uh, and Jack just wanted no part of it. When he left the ring, I think it was 85. He never went back. He, he said, I'm not getting back in the ring. I'm just not doing it. Once you do that, you're back. And uh, Jack never would, but he would always help us with so much stuff. He's the one that gave me and Ron the idea for, uh, for the gloves, uh, you know, from him and uh, Mulligan, you know, at one point yep. we'd, we'd stop and we'd look around and put our gloves on and go back and it was starting to get over. I don't know why they quit it or we quit it or whatever, but, Jack was always helping me with different stuff because he understood it very well. You know, Stan Hansen took uh, his induction into one of the Hall of Fames because Jack had, you know, was suffering uh, at that time from ill health. Uh, so he knew the real rough, tough cowboy style. So Jack knew the style that I was trying to be and, and really helped me a lot. John, you mentioned earlier that Jack Lanza was probably the second most important man in the WWE next to Vince McMahon. How does one attain that level of importance or responsibility? And, and other than being the eyes and ears, what did Jack do to make, you know, to, to get that close to Vince? I think it was a matter of trust. You know, when Vince first uh, really started taking over the world, he had people around him that he trusted. And that's the most important. It's one of the reasons Howard Finkel was there for so long. You know, he, he trusted Howard with his life and, and for good reason. Uh, he had Arnie Scotland, he had Jack Lanza, and he had Tim White. He had uh, Chief there for a while. But those guys he could trust, and he knew 100% that he were out there representing his best interest. I mean, it was the Wild West, you know, back then because of the cash amount of tickets that would come in. You know, it was easy to steal money. And Jack and Tim White were ones that really took care of Vince's interests all around the country. You know, he's a 
funny story, you know, you knew, you knew, you knew the commissions, you know, how they just, they were thieves. And, you know, one reason the boys love Jack so much, the Baltimore commission were just, those are just idiots. Uh, you know, the New York commission, you come in, your blood pressure be 400 over 200. They go, oh, you're fine. You know, they, they knew they're taking money. You know, they, they, they you mean, didn't care. You mean, D, you mean Devon's blood pressure was 400 over 200. <laughs> <laughs> but in Baltimore, they were, they would take money. They'd be, they were, they were such jerks. Jack used to have them, uh, dress in a broom closet it was the greatest thing ever jack just tortured those guys and we loved it because jack always would he was taking care of us you know jack would always you know be very honest with you when he'd give his reports there were times that actually jack would publish those reports he didn't care if you knew what he said to vince in fact he wanted you to know because he wanted you to know that he was being open honest and transparent with vince you know you know another conversation bully and i had recently was about what you're talking about and trust the world of pro wrestling has changed so much the last two decades where it's very corporate now, especially the WWE with shareholders and everything else. But but back in the day, like you said, you know, the wild, wild west, like Vern Gagne made himself champion because he probably didn't trust anybody else to be champion. Fritz Von Erich made his sons champions. Like talk about like especially then when Blackjack lands is Vince McMahon's right hand man, how important it is to have that small inner circle of people that you can completely trust. Yeah. And it's a loyal circle that Vince uh, really appreciates. You know, I've been on the plane uh, with Vince so many times because when I lived in New York, a lot of times I would fly back and forth and you'd see old wrestlers get on the plane and you would see a change in Vince McMahon. They know that just, I wish the world could see, you know, and you've seen it, Bubba, he would lighten up, he would smile, he would laugh. He just want to tell old stories because he's around guys that he trusts. And he's around guys that got into the business and broke in the hard way. And Vince really respected that. You know, it, it's it's Jerry Lawler always talks about the fact that he never got yelled at on the headset uh, from Vince McMahon. I never did either. And, it, and I think it was the reason because we had come through and worked so hard for Vince. Now, it's different with the play-by-play guys, you know, but they weren't in the ring for him. You know, Vince has this level of trust and this level of loyalty that is really unparalleled. And that's something a lot of people miss is the level of loyalty. Vince is a very loyal human being. And he, and he appreciates loyalty and reciprocation, you know, from guys like Lanza, from guys like Tim White, from Arnie Scotland, uh, from all these guys who helped him build this company that he knew he could trust. John, can you share any stories about when you might have made a mistake or screwed up on the road or maybe you and Ron screwed up on the road and how Jack Lanza would handle it? Oh, Jack fined me one time $250 for stealing the hotel van in Winnipeg. Uh, it was full of boys and it was a snowstorm and I got in it and took off and left the guy that was loading the bags on by the airport. I'm doing donuts in it. Jack was so mad at me, but he was mad at me because he stayed at that hotel for about 20 years and they always gave me either a free or cheap room. And so I screwed up this deal. And he pulls me into the into the shower. You know, everything always happens in the shower, you know. Pulls me in the shower and he's smoking. You know, he only smoked on the road, by the way, which really surprised people. And he was sitting there smoking. He goes, you know, you're a dumbass. And I said, yes, sir. I, have, I said, I have no defense. Whatever you want to do to me. I said, I just hope you don't fire me. And he, he goes, well, I'm going to find you. He goes, that was stupid. You know how stupid I was. I know Jack. He goes, all right. 
And I took it, I guess, so well that he actually ended up never finding me. Find me like some people find me two hundred fifty dollars, but he never he never find me. I tell you another story in Louisville one time. I think it's Louisville. We had a one o'clock show, and a bunch of guys had gone out with the Godfather. And to clean up the story quite a bit, <laughs> those guys <laughs> didn't show up the next day until almost intermission. Jack meets them at the door, and he said, "There's that cigarette." He not saying a word. You know, Jack was cool hand Luke, man. He's just sitting there, and they said, "Jack." Uh, uh, the, the valet misplaced our car. We thought he'd stole it. Jack knows they'd gone out with Godfather. They said, Jack says, all right, you're fined $500. You're not working, which means you're not getting paid. Godfather shows up about 15 minutes later. Now he doesn't know what happened earlier. And he says, Jack, I'm sorry, man. I had a rough night. I just, I just got here. Jack says, I want to hear all about it. You're on after intermission. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> didn't find it, didn't but Godfather had told the truth, and we realized, you know, it was for all boys that don't lie. You know, you you got to own up to what you do. Jack had a level of respect that, if you, as long as you didn't lie to him, you were okay. I hope people are listening, bully, because that is a great lesson. Always tell the truth, because you know when you lie. You're digging yourself into a bigger hole. I wish my daughter would hear that as well. I'm going to have to pass that on to her after the show, John. Uh, one last thing from me, because you just mentioned about Vince never had to get into your ear during commentary. Uh, I miss you on commentary because you would bring up a Blackjack Lanza during commentary. You would you would bring up a Stan Hansen. You did a great job of mixing in certain things that were going on to a match and connecting it with the past, which I that's educational for a lot of fans. So I miss you uh, on the microphone for sure. Well, thank you. I love these guys, what they're doing now. I'm a big fan of uh, Corey and Pat and Wade. Those guys, I think, do a great job. You know, I just happen to be an older guy, and when I see a tag team, remind me of the Simpson brothers, you know, from South Africa. You know, I knew Steve well. You know, and most people, that would never occur to them, you know, but being in the business for so long, it would just, oh, my goodness, that reminds me of Jack Briscoe, or that reminds me of Danny Hodge. It just, stuff just pops up in my head. So that, that's how that came about. I'm glad you liked it because some didn't. <laughs> for the most part i think people did but that's okay <laughs> no you were great um bully um john john i just want to say i don't have a question i just wanted to thank you for coming on this morning because yesterday when the news broke about jack our producer gabby got in touch with me and she said you know we'd like to do something for jack and you know who could we have on and i said jbl and all we need is jbl talking about jack lanza and i'll think that'll be enough and i uh, just want to say thank you buddy i appreciate you i love you and thanks for speaking uh so uh you know uh speaking so highly about Jack Lanza with us this morning. Hey, thank you. And, you know, Jack loved you and Devin. I mean, he, he just he just <laughs> thought the world of you guys. And, yes, I do call him Devin. So everybody always corrects me when they say, that's Devon. No, it's Devin. Long story. <laughs> but he, he loved you guys. He loved the big, tough tag teams that were also very entertaining, you know, like him and Mulligan were. And so Jack always, from the moment you guys came in, he was big fans of you guys. Th- thank you very much for saying that. That, that means a lot to me. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. JBL, John Layfield, Hall of Famer, great having him on to share some stories and memories of 
Blackjack Lanza, who passed away yesterday at the age of 86. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Producers are very own diva Gabby Laspisa and Andre Viola. Sound designed by Mary Bayon. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.